0: Worship leaders, worship musicians, and those who love to worship. What's the right way to take a compliment? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about how to take a compliment, which can sometimes be an awkward thing, especially when you've just finished a you know, leading worship somewhere and, and somebody comes runs up to you and says, oh thank you so much, you did so great, you were such a great singer. What do you do in that moment? But before we do that, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free chart, 25 Chart Topping Arrangement Tricks. If you have a song that you've been working on with your worship team that's okay, but you'd like to make it more interesting, download this PDF. It gives you 25 great ideas for ways to make your song more interesting. It gives you a couple sentences about why the trick works, and then it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear the trick in action. Again, go to my website, or you can click on the link nearby, www.blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25tricks. All right, with that said, let's get to today's topic. So if you're like me and have led worship for any amount of time, you've received your fair share of compliments. I hope. But sometimes it can be weird to know what to do in that moment when somebody comes up and, and you know, they want to express their gratitude to you or they, they want to tell you that you did a good job. What do you do with that? Well, let me give you an illustration that I think sums it up pretty well. Let's say that I know a couple that's engaged, John and Mary. And John and Mary are very much in love, and John brings me a bouquet of flowers that he wants me to give to Mary. John says, can you give these flowers to Mary for me? Well, there's three different ways that I could do it, and two of them are wrong. Number one, John says, hey, Nathan, can you give these flowers to Mary? And I say, oh, daisies. I love daisies. You know, and and I felt like I've been needing some affirmation lately, and I just haven't got it. Do you have any more of these? Well, we all know what the problem is. Those aren't my flowers. They're not mine to keep. They're for Mary. They're not for me. But here's another scenario. John comes to me and says, Oh, Nathan, uh, can you give this bouquet of flowers to Mary for me? And I say, No, I, I couldn't possibly receive those. No, I, I don't deserve flowers. There's nothing I've done today that, that warrants flowers. I simply, I can't take them from you. Well, that's also a problem because it's the same problem. Those flowers are for Mary. They're not for me. Well, what's the best way to do it? To say, yes, thank you, I will give those to Mary for you. And then I hand Mary the flowers, and I tell them who they're from. They're from John. That's the only right way to do it. Well, I've heard a wonderful worship leader and a wonderful elder statesman named Don Potter explain it this way. He said, compliments are like flowers. If you keep them for yourself, they'll die. But if you offer them to the Lord, He plants them in His garden and you get to enjoy them forever. What a wonderful thing to say. And it really makes sense when you think about what compliments are and how we're supposed to receive them. Let's go back to that idea of compliments being like flowers. I've seen worship leaders come off stage. And it's, it's clear that they're looking for compliments. So they, they make a beeline for their people. They make a beeline for their yes-men. And, and they say, okay, how was it? How was it up there? And it's more than just wanting to know, okay, was the sound good? Was I pitchy? You know, that kind of thing. They really aren't comfortable. They, they aren't at rest until people have gone over the top to say, oh, no, that was amazing. You're, you know, fantastic. That's a problem. Because those compliments are never going to be enough. You're always going to want more. And you're always going to be slightly disappointed if people aren't effusive enough in their compliments of you. So it's, it's this never-ending thing where you're always looking for a bigger high, you're looking for more praise, and that makes you do weird things on stage when you're looking for compliments. Plus, there's the added problem that when we're leading worship, those compliments belong to the Lord eventually and we'll get to that in a second. But there's another problem and this is the problem that I used to have leading worship when I was younger is the problem of just shutting it off, right? Someone comes up and says, "Oh, you did such a wonderful job. You have such a, a fine singing voice. You did a great job on the, your, your guitar." And I say, "Oh, no. That was nothing. That wasn't me. That was God up there." You know, I, I don't don't look at me. Well, that's it's a couple things. It's disingenuous. It's false humility. And you still wind up with the same problem as the compliment hoarder, and that is that the compliment never makes its way to God, right? Either way, if you are the one that can't get enough compliments, you never give them over to the Lord. And if you're the one that resists compliments and you say, oh, no, that wasn't me, right? And you do that that Christian religious false humility thing, well, then you have nothing to offer God. The same problem in both scenarios, even though they are exact opposites. Life, the way that God designed life to work, is about giving and receiving, and the order really is receiving and then giving. You notice in the Genesis story that God makes night come first and then day when he separates the two. It's because we receive at night and we give during the day. Trees have to receive in carbon dioxide and they expel oxygen, whereas we take in oxygen and we give out carbon dioxide. And if you don't do that for long enough, you'll die. And if you do it badly, if your body doesn't do it right, then you get sick. It's all about an exchange of giving and receiving all the way throughout our life. That's what what makes life work, is you can't hoard it, and you can't reject it. So how do you do it right? Jesus, when he sends out the 12 disciples, explains the giving and receiving principle. So we're here in Matthew 10. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey, or extra tunic, or sandals, or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. So Jesus actually shows two cycles of receiving and giving that he wants his disciples to go through. First, he explains to them, everything that you have, you've received from me. You know, the whole ability that you have to to raise the dead and cast out demons, I, I gave that to you. You received it freely Now give it freely. Be generous when you go out and minister among the tribes of Israel. But then he has another receiving and giving thing where he says, don't take gold, don't take copper or silver, don't pay your way. You should expect to receive for the work that you do. He says the worker is worth his keep. So not only does he expect his disciples to give, he expects them to receive based on what they're giving, which they already receive from God. Jesus. So there's all of this giving and receiving and giving and receiving. They're not holding anything for themselves, but that's what the life flow is, meaning they have to give away and they have to learn how to receive in order for the life of God to flow through them to other people, which was the whole point. So how does that work in our own lives? You get off stage, you've just given, right? You've just led people in worship, and somebody wants to come up and thank you for what you did. They say, Oh, you have such a wonderful singing voice. Oh, you really rocked it. Oh, thank you so much. We were so blessed by that. What do you do? It's simple. You say, thank you. I'm glad I could do that for you. Or, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And then later, when it's just you and the Lord, you say, Lord, thank you for letting me do that for you today. And you offer that compliment to him. That completes the cycle. You've received a compliment from someone then you give it in the form of gratitude to the Lord, and that activates the life of God. That allows His life to continue to flow in you. If you stop it by just hoarding it for yourself, or if you stop it by refusing to receive it in the first place, either way, it stops the life of God. If you want to keep the life of God flowing and keep things healthy, then you must receive compliments— but you also have to learn how to give them to God in the proper manner. Hey, I hope that video helps you. I hope that as you lead worship, you learn to receive properly and give properly, just like God intended everything to work. And if you need help with your arrangements, make sure to click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25tricks. All right, until next week, God bless and goodbye.